1: The window in which you can make trades before your rookie draft is closing. Why is Curtis so low on Debo Samuel? We're talking all that and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up,
0: Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz. Very excited to be back for another week. And I am excited to break down this topic one last time before rookie drafts uh start to just pop up and mass. Uh, you know, before the NFL draft takes place and we know exactly where these players are landing. As always, Curtis has been a busy man, wheeling and dealing, and I'm really curious to listen to him explain why Debo Samuel has been getting jettisoned off so many of his squads. we got a lot to get through. Curtis has been mowing down hot tamales as we've prepared for this podcast, he's ready to spit some hot fire. How are you doing, Curtis?
2: Doing great, man. Yeah. I uh I love the fierce cinnamon flavored chewy candies, man. Uh hot tamales are a favorite. I also love red hot's. Like that's an that's an ancient candy. Yep. But there's something about I like the cinnamon candy. I gotta say. It's I don't eat a lot of candy, but probably my two weaknesses would be cinnamon flavored candy and fruity flavored candy. Like give me some Mike and Ike. give me a a little handful of Skittles. I'm not much of a sucker for chocolate. I don't really eat birthday cake. Don't give me a slice of pie, but give me a handful of candy. I'll eat that.
1: Don't give you a slice of pie. Wow.
2: I'm not like a big dessert guy. Well,
1: all right. Not to be be, ice cream cake. Do you do ice cream cake?
2: My, Uh, my mom makes the world's best ice cream cake. (laughs) Wow. I probably haven't had it in a decade. Wow. Um, But yeah, make growing up, like everyone always wanted to come uh, to like our family birthday parties would be extended uh, to cousins and everything just because, you know, my mom was so good at the ice cream cake. Wow. All right. Well, are you a store-bought ice cream cake or is this like a homegrown recipe thing for you? sounds like you like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, I was just thinking too, like, if you're not going to do pie, you're not going to do a cake. Where do you end up? I've only had like a, like a homemade here and there. Uh, You know, we didn't have anybody in my family that was a, you know, a pro at making a homemade ice cream cake.
2: You have, you have to crush uh, not into dust, but crumble Oreos into yeah. a, a, a crust. Um and it it's just incredible. Uh kind of making me want some now. Maybe <laughs> it, it will be my fortieth birthday this fall day Maybe oh, wow. this, this nostalgia. Maybe I'll think back on this, you know, about seven months from now and ask uh ask moms to make me to make me an Oreo ice cream cake. <laughs> I mean, we'll I'll, have to see how that goes.
1: Only makes sense. <laughs> All right. So, Curtis, uh, I understand that you have made some dynasty trades as of late. There are a couple of interesting ones. Uh, What I like about the group of them that we have to go through tonight is there's some that are smaller one for ones. And then we have a trade that we'll start off here that's pretty interesting because it's got a lot of big names in it and a lot of moving parts. So I'll let you kind of frame some high level thoughts of, you know, the type of things that you were looking to do here, and then you can walk us through that first trade.
2: Sure. So just kind of, I mean, high level strategic, I'm looking at all of my rosters and then looking at players who I think have begun a downward um, dynasty trajectory where I could still sell them higher uh, than they're likely to be valued next year. Yep. Um, Provided that they're not like already past, you know, those age cliffs. Like, you know, I'm not really trying to trade um, Cooper Cup now, you know, I mean, like, I'd rather just ride that out. Um, But, you know, guys that are 27, 28, um, maybe even 26 at the wide receiver position, if I think their team situation is a little bit unstable, quarterback changes, maybe had a little bit of a downturn last year really just looking to move, um, off of, of some of those investments. And then, you know, always trying to sell some running backs where you can, but I mean, honestly, between playing in these higher stakes, one triflex leagues on FFPC, uh, or in many of like the industry slash invitational leagues I'm playing on MFL, it's pretty difficult to sell veteran running backs. I, I almost always end up flipping into being a buyer of, veteran running backs, uh, just because of the price and efficiency. So, uh, what I found this time was a theme with a player in Debo Samuel, where there was always, almost always somebody in my league who valued him higher than I did. And so after I closed, you know, one trade, I started, you know, cause I own him almost everywhere. And he was a big part of, you know, uh, my best dynasty championship rate season ever, in 2021, uh, with the explosive year that he had, you know, last year he came back down to earth. He was really frustrating to start. And so I found uh, people seem to be valuing him a little bit closer to where he was in 2021. Um, and not, and, and kind of just excusing away 2022 without really adjusting for all the stuff that happened and how unlikely it is that he'll return to the former productivity that he had. And so I'll spend maybe just two or three minutes poking a couple of holes, uh, and, and Debo's fantasy outlook uh, for this year. Yep. And then, you know, we can resolve that. And then we can talk about the trades and, and, and why I made them. So there's a couple different ways to break this down. You know, one in, in 2022 versus 2021, Debo Samuel went from being the second most efficient fantasy wide receiver to the 245th most efficient wide receiver. You, you've scored touchdowns like crazy in 2021 he had a, a, just a huge like monster role at, not even just in the the rushing game i mean that's what everyone kind of remembers because he's playing that unique position but i mean he was he was fantastic as a receiver his number one in racer uh well sorry i'm looking at the wrong year here he was number five in racer in 2021 uh first overall in fantasy points over expectation per game 11th in expected points per game he was ppr wide receiver three um uh, fifth in receiving yards, second in, in receiving touch or, uh, in total touchdowns by receivers. He was second in yak per reception with 8.8 yards. Um I mean, just, you know, he was, he was first in yak, sorry, first in yak in 2021. He was second in yak in 2022, but his air yards per target uh, was pretty solid 8.6. He was fifth in team target percentage. You look at 2022, the yak was so good because obviously his athletic skills didn't diminish. But his yards per target was nearly halved, only 4.2 uh, air yards per target. Uh, his team target percentage dropped almost 4%. And then you also see a lot of, of warts start to appear. Um, you know, I mentioned he was one of the least efficient wide receivers from a fantasy perspective. He was wide receiver 98 in air yards. Um, and you start to look for why did this stuff occur? And there's two main things that we can find from the Game Splits app that I think really drove this stuff. Um, first and foremost, you know, Debo had a great connection with Jimmy Garoppolo. Great connection. So over the 29 games that he played, that Debo played in 2021 and 2022, he averaged 18.6 PPR in games with Jimmy Garoppolo and 13.7 uh, PPR in the five games without Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he averaged over two fewer receptions per game um, without Jimmy G in the lineup. Um, and you know, he got about a target and a half less per game. And he averaged 37, 37 fewer receiving yards per game uh, in games without Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean, super material. Yeah. And then there's overlap. So, it's not wow. just that you know Jimmy G didn't play some of those games. We also obviously added Christian McCaffrey to this, you know, this offense, which is another huge mouth to feed um, and a player that they also wanted to feature in the, you know, in the shorter passing game. And it really just eroded at Debo's role. I mean, he only averaged 11.3 PPR in the eight games he played with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he and over the same time period, he averaged 20.2 in the games without Christian McCaffrey. So we know Jimmy G's not coming back. He's out of town. Christian McCaffrey's going to be back. And then beyond that, we don't even know who the quarterback will be. So we can't even look and say like, well, hey, we knew it was going to be Purdy. You know, now things are going to settle out. You know, maybe that will look different this year. I mean, Purdy is busted. Um, and isn't going to be ready for the start of the season. Supposedly, the Niners are going to give Trey Lance another look. And then they also brought Sam Darnold in, and it's basically looking like it's going to be a wide-open competition. And unfortunately, like Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle have more traditional passing target roles in the offense. They're a little bit more projectable with most types of quarterbacks when you, when you see how... Uh, Shanahan opted to use Debo in the post McCaffrey landscape. So, yeah, it's just I, I don't see how he's going to get back to being a 1400 receiving yard uh, option in this offense with all of the competition for targets, the turnover at the quarterback position and, you know, an elite pass catching back in the backfield. And so when you can get legitimate dynasty wide receiver to value for him still, um, you know, I like that. I don't think he's likely to come anywhere near, you know, his, his career high production in 2021 ever again. So I'll pause there, allow you to make poke, poke some holes. I mean, this, this could be faulty logic, but you know, to me, it's just, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons to, I guess, fade him. At this point and so you know I, I basically faded him from my entire portfolio
1: okay well let's take a little pause here and we're going to make a venture over into the advanced tab explorer i am going to go over to the receiving tab um i'm gonna limit uh things so that we're only looking at players that had 50 or more targets and we will look at running backs and wide receivers if you do that and you start looking at a variety of metrics, you're going to see some interesting things like Debo Samuel with an evasion percentage on receptions of 44%, which is 10 percentage points ahead of the closest players behind him, uh, which are DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Ramondre Stevenson, and AJ Brown. If you look at yards after catch per reception, you will see that only Jarek McKinnon averaged more yards after the catch than Debo. If you look at yards before contact per reception, uh, he is not that high. But if you flip and you look at yards after contact per reception, as you might expect, given the fact that he almost uh, beat everybody in yards after the catch per reception, his yards after contact are very, very high. If you look at a couple of other uh, advanced wide receiver metrics that you might be interested in pulling up that you're going to see Debo is pretty competitive in a lot of those. As a result of that, Curtis, I think that you have an interesting player here in that if you are looking at moving off of Debo related to some of those age concerns, it might be hard to say that he's really at the point where he's slowing down in terms of what he does when he gets the ball and is going to try and make a play. Now, all of that said, as good as he might be by those numbers, and we've now seen a couple of years of him showing that he does do some special things when he has the opportunity. I can't get away from the team context that we have here and it is just not a context that bodes well or lends itself to Debo being close to what we've seen him in recent years. So I might try to push back just a little bit on some of the negatives that one might put toward Debo, but the reality is this is not a take that is just you. Um, I don't think it would be just me that is a little bit leery of Debo ever getting back to what we saw in that really special season just a year ago. When you look at our dynasty rankings, which are set up so that players are dropped into tiers that are representative of the rookie picks that we think they are worth, and you look at a composite right now of Blair and Sean, you will see that they have him with a value of two second round picks. He is just scraping his way into the top 30 of our wide receiver Rankings, if you put that into a draft grid that has him as a player that would go in the fifth round. So clearly, still a player that's relevant, uh, but definitely not what you like to see for a player that, you know, might have been going in the top 10 just a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, I think those are all good points. I certainly like um, Debo's skill set. Just hard to see him ever, you know, reprising that role yeah. without a lot of injury help. Um, so that's really the premise for for why I moved off him. Um, I mean, anytime somebody values something more than you do, you know, it's the time to. You know, whether you're whether you're right or wrong, I mean, if that's your opinion, then the idea is that you're you're grabbing some equity while you have a chance. Yep. Um, and so so yeah, I was able to make three trades involving Debo. Um, one was very intentional. I was a a team where I was over-invested at wide receiver, needed some help at running back, and I simply sent Debo Samuel straight up for Nick Chubb. Now, this was in a higher stakes FFPC dynasty format, was not a Rotovis triflex. So the context is you're starting two wide receivers, uh, starting two running backs, and then there are two additional flex spots. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, without Kareem Hunt, and considering where the Browns need to make investments in their squad this year, and without having early uh, picks because of the big Deshaun Watson deal, it's going to be very difficult for them to to add a competitor for touches for Nick Chubb. We could be looking at you know a late career career year for Nick Chubb uh, this season. When I think of how the stars kind of aligned for Derrick Henry, not in twenty twenty two, but in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. And I think we could be looking at some of those same elements being in place for Nick Chubb this season. Um, and, I, you know, I definitely think he's on the short list of players who could lead the NFL in touchdowns. So that was, a, that was just a one-for-one, one, you know, helped both teams solve some depth issues. Uh, before we talk about some of these larger, you know, package trades, what are your thoughts on, on Nick Chubb versus Samuel and in that type of uh, shorter starting lineup format?
1: Yeah, I think that for you, that's definitely a good trade. That's a trade worth going ahead and making. If you were somebody that believes in Debo, I could also see how on some teams you might want to get out of a player like Nick Chubb. Maybe you're not interested in getting that one or two more seasons out of him. You want to have a couple more seasons that you can get from Debo. Nick Chubb last year, I believe it was only three running backs had more attempts per game than him. Uh, There are a lot of stories you can tell yourself about, and they're not really stories. There's a lot of reasons to think that uh, he will be a substantial contributor contributor for you this upcoming season. So you would get no pushback from me on that one.
2: Nick Chubb, uh, for three straight seasons, is ranked within the top six running backs in fantasy uh, points over expectation. And last year was uh, number two uh, at the position. So, I mean, he's, he's aging gracefully at a difficult position to do so.
1: And he's still, if you look at the... Uh, advanced metrics, those ones that he has been good in for the majority of his career, he remains still pretty stellar in. So you know, not a sign that uh that skill set is evaporating or deteriorating too quickly.
2: Yeah. I think most people would would say, all right, hey, it's a one for one at different positions. Probably both managers got what they wanted out of the deal. So there's nothing super intriguing about that one other than to share uh that is the level of running back you yep. could Expect to receive in a one-for-one in one deal involving Debo. So let's get into some of these package deals. Um, I did mention uh, this next one briefly last week on the pod, um, but it involves some rookie picks, and now the rookie picks have been made, so we can actually solve for you know the totality of the trade. And this one, I sent Debo Samuel and Michael Thomas, and I received Traylon Burks, the two hundred two and the three hundred two. Now this was in. Uh, a rotoviz triflex similar dynasty format, so it is a super flex league, uh, which obviously impacts the value of the rookie picks. At the two hundred two in this league, uh, Jalen Hyatt slid to the two hundred two, and so I was able to take him there. Then I took Devin to chain at three hundred two, so I got two really good values. You know, in my opinion, five or six slots below where I I think I would value those players. So the end of the trade, Dave, was sent Debo and MT for Traylon, uh, Jalen Hyatt, and Devin Achain. It's a team where I needed to get younger. Certainly did that. Uh, now having you know three three players under the age of of twenty three coming my way in that deal.
1: Yeah, this is tremendous. Um, if you look at the valuations that you would get on Traylon Burks versus Debo, this is a win. According to the RotoViz rankings, uh, I really like getting the upside of Hyatt. Burke's also a player that has upside in here. You get another young player in here. So, not only from a value perspective, have you made your team better here, got the better side of this deal for yourself, you also have opened yourself to a lot of upside which is something that we're always searching for in dynasty this feels like a great way to move off of a player like d or a mixture of players like debo and michael thomas uh and this is just feels like the time to do it so i think that you've kind of maxed out here what you what you could get
2: i think so too i i kind of feel like i got a free second round pick in this one yeah uh, you know, I mean, I feel like Michael Thomas for an early third is probably about as lucky as you can hope to be. Um, so I, I like it because I kept the same number of receivers in the roster and added Devin Achain, uh, who were, you know, we're pretty high on uh due to his athletic uh skill his athletic measurables and his receiving skill set, really kind of a perfect fit uh for fantasy production in the NFL. But well, now we're just kind of holding our breath for the draft capital uh with his weight, right? Yep. Um, so, so that one turned out pretty cool. And then, you know, the third one, Dave, this is a huge deal.
0: Yeah, this is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: So this is a deal with, I mean, there. I sent five pieces in this deal, and I got six pieces back. This is a, a roster reshaper. This is in the Elite Lemonade Dynasty Football League. This Dynasty League's been going, this is the ninth season of this Dynasty League now uh with only I think one manager turning over in that entire amount of time. Really fun league, Dave. This has Scott Barrett, uh Ben Gretch, John Proctor, TJ Calkins, um former player profiler, and I think brief Rotovizian, uh Aaron Butler, R.I. Patriot on on Twitter. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of really uh Jen Ryan, a lot of really fun Mike Beers. I mean, it's just a fun group of people, man. And, uh, these rookie drafts always have tons of trades in this one. I've won the title three times in the eight years of the league. And, uh, this past season I lost in the championship, I believe to TJ. And it was, it was really, I thought I could, I thought I could go back to back and it just didn't quite work out. The roster is getting a little bit longer in the tooth, and so I wanted to move off a couple players and to do what I knew I would have to include a couple of my younger players as well. But my goal was, you know, really to import, you know, a half dozen assets under the age of 25. Cause this is a team with like, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Devonte Adams and, you know, a bunch of those types of assets. I'm not going to move those types of players at this point for what I could get in exchange for them. So I had to go a different level down. So I actually sent Brees Hall away in this in this trade. I've I, I got a lot of Brees across my portfolio last year. This is, this is a spot where I felt like moving off him helped me. So I sent Brees Hall, I sent Jalen Waddle, I sent Debo Samuel, and then I sent the, the 110 and the 310. Now this is a one QB dynasty league. So Brees Hall, Jalen Waddle, Debo Samuel, 110 and 310. I received Garrett Wilson, Drake London. Jameer Gibbs. And this was, so I made this trade after Gibbs went at the one Oh two. So I knew it was Gibbs. I didn't trade for the one Oh two. I actually knew it was Gibbs that coming back to me in the deal. Then I also got the 104, 204, and the three Oh two. So kind of breaking this down, there's a two for two swap at wide receiver of Jalen Waddle and Debo Samuel for Garrett Wilson and Drake London. So, and uh, overall I got younger. I kind of, in this deal, view Wilson and Waddle as interchangeable Yep, uh, from a dynasty value standpoint. And I I wouldn't take too much issue with people arguing either side of that one. Um, And then Drake London versus Debo Samuel, you know, I, I felt like I probably get more upside on my end of that deal, but I also would see where somebody might say, you know, Hey, I would, I would place the chips on Debo for the next one to two seasons out producing. And even with the holes, I tried to poke in his, Profile at this point, fantasy outlook. You know, I would certainly not. You know, it'd be a little the other point of view on that one. Gibbs and Hall. Now, this one's interesting. I, you know, I really like uh, Brees Hall and still do. I had so many, I have so much exposure to him. Th- this felt like a, a, you know, an easy way to kind of hedge just a little bit. I mean, he did just tear his ACL, and it, you know, it could take. Not every. ACL tear of an elite prospect ends up being roses at the end of the day. Um, and so to move one piece of Hall when he's, you know, if he doesn't ever come back full force, you know, this late round one valuation that he still has would be, you know, his peak value. Um, and so, you know, moving that for 102 when Hall was the one Oh one last year, uh, feels fair Gibbs of course being R102 I understand that not everyone has him there but then on top of that I mean I move up from 110 to 104 I move up from 310 to 204 and then I also get the 302 I love making rookie picks uh, let me tell you how those picks uh, settled out and then we can break this one down obviously a lot of a lot of stuff going on here now I've been rotating through in that uh, tier two wide receiver tier from our rookie guide, I've been trying to rotate through the wide receivers. I already mentioned a Jalen Hyatt share that I have. I have a Jordan Addison share, um, you know, and I wanted to get a Quentin Johnston share. And so at the 104 uh, on the board, Bijan Gibbs and JSN were gone. So I decided I would take uh, QJ with that pick then at the 204, I took Devin Achain to in this league, not thinking that he would uh, last till the third. And then the 302 is one pick away. This is a slow rookie draft that's been going on for a couple of days. 302 is a couple of picks away. I'm probably going to get Tank Bigsby there uh, is the way that that's looking. So the rookie draft hall would be Quentin Johnson, Devin Achain, and Tank Bigsby on this one. So Lots to respond to there, Dave. Uh, how do you think I did?
1: Wow. All right. Well, the first thing that stood out to me here is that, that you know, you moved off of my boy, Jalen Waddle. However, right back into the equation, you pull in another one of my favorites, Garrett Wilson. So I got yep. to like that. I think as far as the receivers go, I do like the side that you have more in that swap. But as you said, I think this is one where, um, I, I could understand a differing point of view. I don't think that there's that much separation there. I like your side of it in terms of the move at running back. Uh, I think if you're doing the process of putting running backs into tears right now for dynasty, given the injury to hall and sure we haven't seen Gibbs, but we know that really running backs values is almost as high as it's ever going to be. Once they enter the league, I think that Gibbs and Hall both get into the second round or excuse me, the second tier running backs. So that right there is, especially in the context of your situation, a great way to kind of hedge there, get into Gibbs. And then I like being able to pick up those rookie picks and what you ended up doing with them. So this is an example, I think, of a trade that is certainly achievable There's a lot of parts, but this is how you kind of put together one of these moves. And in the case of your team, I think it has helped it out. And it's also uh, given you some different options to work with here. So I, I really like this move. And I think that this is the type of deal you start looking for if you have one of these rosters where you really kind of want to churn things and really mix it up.
2: Uh, you know, Sean's kind of in my head uh, as I'm thinking through a response to your feedback there, too. It's like this is one of those trades where it's, you know, at surface, uh, on the surface, people might say, well, why would you make this trade? Like yeah. it's not necessary. None of these pieces are old yet. I mean, Debo's the oldest piece that you sent away and he's what, 27. Yeah. But if you wait to make the trades until they're obvious, You don't get the same haul, and it's, you know, we're trying to be in a perennial championship window and, you know, I'm trying to buy the players on the way up, um, and sell the players before it's too late. Um, and you're, you know, it's always a delicate dance, but at the end of the day, most of the time you're going to feel better having sold, sold a player a year early than a year late. Right. And if Debo puts up another season, you know, for example, of the players in this deal, if Debo puts up another season this year, like he did last year, I mean, his dynasty value is going to be halved uh, by this time next year uh, for sure. Yep. And if Brees Hall takes 12 weeks to find his form and is still on managed carries because, you know, the, the team isn't competitive and they're not going to wear him out or something. Or, you know, he has like the 2022 Jonathan Taylor season this year. You know, he, he'll still be young, but you know, he could lose a round of startup value. Gibbs's value is going to accrue over the next 60 days. Halls isn't going anywhere. Right. Um, and then, you know, if I look at the rookie pick breakdowns here, the one ten that I sent away ended up being Michael Mayer. It's a tight end premium league, so to to send Michael Mayer and essentially convert that pick in this deal, if you're looking at, I you know I sent the one ten and the three ten, the three tens immaterial really. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a three players for three players, but I end up with three top twenty six picks. So I, so the other side got Michael Mayer, I got. Quentin Johnston, Devon a chain and probably tank Bigsby. Yeah. So, you know, the, really filling out the bench, you know, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Um, I had a lot of fun making these trades. I didn't necessarily like, I wasn't, I'm not in panic sell Debo mode. It just, you know, he's just one of those players It felt like, you know, Hey, a lot of people were willing to buy. And, you know, these are three very different types of deals I was able to make you know, hopefully this encourages you to go get active in your dynasty league. As Dave mentioned, I mean, the NFL draft is right around the corner. It's only like a week and a half away. Or I think Dave, it's crazy, man. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a week and just a couple of days at this point. So depending on when people listen to this, it might just be a week away.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, this is a really great time window to try to get some stuff done ahead of time. And then obviously during your rookie draft, you know, if you if you do a, a fast draft, it can be a little bit more difficult, but you know, I think most dynasty leagues have an eight hour clock or maybe a four hour clock. Uh, and, you know, hopefully that's, you know, most of your uh, situations uh, for those of you listening. And if that's the case, it's a great time during the rookie draft to make moves. And you've just got to be an over communicator. Be willing to move up. Be willing to move down. Don't shut yourself off, you know, from any options because you know, there's really a couple of those sweet spots on the calendar where you can remake your roster. This may be one of those best ones. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, happy hunting, happy trading, you know, Dave. Hopefully, uh, we can make a couple of deals in our our mutually shared leagues, and maybe you got some ideas for some solo Dave Cavan squads tonight too.